Open your Bibles to the book of Revelation chapter 12. The book of Revelation chapter 12. Has there ever been a time in your life where you sense that the devil has been particularly active in assaulting you? Okay, I got one person where he's dealing with the devil. The rest of y'all must be having a pretty good moment, I guess. All right. But there are times and there are seasons when the devil does seem to be more active in your life to attack you, to oppose you, to, to come against you. And, and that is common as you look in Scripture. And, and when you look at the book of Revelation, I hope you understand that, that the book of Revelation is a book of prophecy. And it's a, it's a challenging book to understand. I preached it a couple of years ago. It took me 36 weeks. I'm still learning about this book because I don't understand it. And somebody who tells you they've got it all figured out, you better be wary of that individual. Revelation chapter 22, it tells us, he told John, he said, seal it up, don't write it down. You don't have the whole picture yet. So anybody that says they've got it all figured out, they've not even got the whole picture because John was not allowed to give us the whole picture yet. But there are some things we can understand and there are some things we can learn and we can see in this passage of Scripture. Because when you approach Scripture, there's always a literal meaning that comes to the Word of God and there's a spiritual application that comes to the Word of God. When Jesus healed the man of palsy, he said physically... He healed him. That was the literal application. But then he said, go and sin no more. That's the spiritual application of the word. And so when we look here at the Bible, let's look what it says in Revelation chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. We'll be reading the whole chapter. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. There was a sign in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared yet another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into a wilderness where he had a place prepared of God. That they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Now do you understand that one? Because I don't. How can a perfect place called heaven, a place that God has, has inhabited, how can war take place there? I don't understand it, but there was war in heaven, it says, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Have you figured out who the dragon is yet? The dragon is Satan himself. The dragon is that one that opposed Almighty God. That dragon was that one that that, that was never created as a devil, but was created as a perfect angel, Lucifer, the light bearer, but he chose that he wanted what God had. He did not like his position. He did not like his responsibility, and he became the Satan. He became the dragon. And prevail not, neither was there found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. We're part of that, guys. We're part of the deception because the devil deceives. And he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now look at verse 11. And they overcame 
him. Do you understand that as a child of God, God has given you by his Holy Spirit the power to overcome And we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. He has given us the way to overcome. How does it happen? Well, look what it says. It says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You can't get rid of the blood, guys. It's not about being religious. It's not about being nice. It's not about doing good. It's about the blood of Jesus Christ shed for your sin, to cover for your sin, to atone for your sin. You overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the word of their testimony. You overcome by the blood of Christ. You overcome by the logos, the word of your testimony where Jesus met you in a very real way and you know it and you can express that by how you live and by how you speak. You can overcome today. Are you sharing the word of your testimony? When was the last time you told somebody? And then it says and they love not their lives unto the death. Guys, that's a tough one right there. Because what it's telling us is you don't love your life to the point you will deny Jesus, but you will even give your life for Christ Jesus. Callan's having a little spell there. I know he's not missing Paul. He's missing you, right? All right, all right. And they love not their lives unto the death. Guys, what is it you're willing to die for? Because that's how you overcome. You've got to start realizing what is it I'm willing to die for. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth of the sea and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you. Having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child now this woman we don't really know who she is there's a lot of people says they know who she is and they may know who she is but there's a lot of people who express this some people say that this was mary and she was giving birth to jesus christ some people say this is the new israel some people say this is the church some people say this was eve when she was giving birth there and the issues that took place with the serpent there so there's a lot of different interpretations that it could be understood but i do understand this that you can overcome it And there's going to be persecution in this life because that's what the devil does. He persecuted the woman that brought forth the man-child. For the woman were given two great wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. She was to fly into the wilderness into her place. God prepared a place for her in the midst of difficulty. And you need to understand this. God prepares a place for you in the midst of difficulties in life and you need to learn to flee to it you need to learn to run to it you need to learn to abide in it because if you don't go to the place that God has prepared for you you're going to miss what God wants for you and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman words you get persecuted with wounds you can get persecuted by words that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up all the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That's us, guys, however you interpret it. Which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
We know who the dragon is because that's the devil. We don't really understand completely who the woman is, but we understand what the woman was trying to do. The woman was giving birth to a child. Ladies, how long are you normally pregnant? How long? Nine months. Is it fun? Some people love it. Some people don't. What about the actual moment of childbirth? I do no. If men were to have the babies, they wouldn't be no babies, would they, guys? All right, listen to it. See, see, she was in travail for nine months. She was giving birth. Are your babies a blessing? Absolutely. The Bible says that children are a blessing from God. So here's the picture. You've got to understand. This woman, she is giving birth to a blessing. And what is trying to oppose the blessing of God? Another than the devil himself. The devil always tries to stop the blessings of God from coming into your life. And you're going to have to battle for the blessing. And you've got to battle to keep the blessing once it gets here. Because that's what we see here in the Scripture. She is giving birth. She is in travail. And the devil is sitting there ready to devour, wanting to stop the blessing. And that's how he works with us. He wants to stop everything good that God wants to bring in our life. He wants to stop everything of goodness that God wants to do in your life. He's there to stop the blessing. And if he can't stop it, once it comes forth, he wants to steal it away. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your birthright. He wants to take what God has given you. You've got to battle for the blessing and you've got to battle to keep the blessing. You remember when you got saved, some of you got saved and 72 hours later, the devil's on your shoulder saying, ah, nothing really changed in your life. Nothing really happened in your life. You didn't really get changed. You never really met Jesus, but you did because by faith you responded to him in repentance. But the devil is trying to steal what God gave you away. He tries to get your mind to where you're thinking wrongly. And so that's what's happening in this text of Scripture. You've got this woman, she's giving birth, and she's having to battle for the blessing that God had already promised her. She had spent nine months in travail. Listen to me. Your life might be tough right now. You might be going through difficulties right now. But let me tell you, as a child of God, don't stop. Don't quit. Because if you stop, you can miss the blessings of the Father. You remember over in the book of Daniel, Daniel, he prayed for 21 days. And at 21 days, God dispatched an angel. And that angel came to Daniel and told him to, that, that what was taking place. If Daniel had stopped at day 19, he would have missed the blessing. And if you stop now, you may miss the blessing God wants to pour upon your life. You may miss the joy that God wants to bring into your life. You might miss the peace that God wants to give into your life. Don't stop because there's a battle that you've got to fight the blessing to get. That's what happens in life. You battle for the blessings of God because the devil stands to oppose. The devil stands to keep the blessing from coming into your life. And then, then once you get the blessing, you've got to battle to keep it. It's not this instantaneous stuff. I've arrived and everything's going to be good and I can just float around on clouds. That's nonsense, guys. 
When you walk by faith and you narrow your life to the person of Jesus Christ, you battle day in, day out. The old man never dies. That devil comes and he attacks us. He attacks us mentally. He attacks us physically. He attacks our emotions. He attacks our feelings. He messes with us. But hear me, that spirit man who's alive in Christ Jesus is renewed day in and day out as we yield to the Word of God, as we yield to the person of Christ Jesus. But hear me, you've got to battle for the blessings that come in life. You've got to keep fighting. You've got to keep going strong. Now look at the procedure here, how it happens. He, he tries to take what God has promised us. And the first thing you find about this woman, this woman, she was in a wilderness. It says in verse 6, and the woman fled into the wilderness. This wilderness was a dry place. You ever go through dry seasons in life? Yeah. Yeah. You go through and you feel like heaven is brass and, and your prayers are not being heard. They're not getting beyond the ceiling. You, you ever go through seasons in life where, where it just doesn't seem like you can sense the presence of God, but you just keep on being faithful. You just keep on going forward even though you don't feel nothing. You're in a dry place, but it is, hear me, it is a prepared place. You say, now that doesn't make any sense. But I'm telling you, it's Scripture. You can see this woman, she went to a place prepared of God. Look at verse 6. She fled to the wilderness and she went to a place that was prepared by God. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble ye and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wast keep his command or not. See, every Christian, you go through wilderness times in your life. You go through wilderness seasons. You go through wilderness moments. You go through wilderness experiences in your life. Why? Because God has ordained those moments for us. But you can be in a wilderness for one of two reasons. And this just kind of dawned on me. You look in the New Testament, you see Jesus over in Luke chapter 4. It says, He was led by the Spirit of God. Where? To the wilderness. He was baptized by John. The Holy Ghost came down upon him like a dove. And it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. That's what we want to do. We want the Spirit of God to be real in our lives, to lead our lives. And one place he will lead you is into a wilderness. Why? Because we need it. We need this separation from the world and the things of the world to get our focus on Christ. We need it. We need to learn dependency upon Christ Jesus and not dependency upon mom and dad and sister or brother or my job or my boss. But we need to learn what it means to be dependent upon Christ Jesus. And so, so here was Jesus. He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then you look over in Luke chapter 8. And you find the story of the gathering demoniac. You remember that guy? He's that crazy one that scared everybody, right? Remember he went squalling through that cemetery, that place of death? The Bible says in Luke chapter 8, in verse 29, he was driven by the devil into the wilderness. So let me ask you a question. If you're in a wilderness, how'd you get there? Were you led by the Spirit of God? Or were you driven by the devil? Because there's two ways you get there. And there's two different outcomes because of how you got there. You see, the, the, the gathering demoniac, do you know what he did? It says he cut himself. He's a first cutter. 
You all know what cutters are, don't you? That's a mark of demonization. Listen to me. He was the first cutter in the Bible. Nobody could bind him. Nobody could chain him. But he had enough sense still in his mind, though he was demonized. When Jesus came by his way, he could respond to Jesus. That's good news, isn't it? Because he still had that mind that God had given him. When Christ spoke, he responded to what Christ said. And Jesus ultimately delivered him. And he set those, those demons into a herd of swine and they committed suicide, right? I know, that's old. That's weak. But that's what the devil is trying to do. He wants to kill. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy. But his desire is for you to just end it all. That's the devil's desire. Don't do that. Meet Jesus and let him work healing in your life. Let him work change in your life. Let him work transformation in your life. But he was in the desert because he was driven by the devil. Where did he live? It says he lived among the tombs. Now, do you know what the word tombs translates in the Greek? Memories. Huh. We talk about tombstones, don't we? What do we do on a tombstone? We create a perpetual memory. Shar and my name is already on a tombstone in East Tennessee. Our kids' names are on the tombstone in the middle. It tells us when we were born. And it's got a dash. And it ain't filled in yet, thank the Lord. See? But what we do, we create a memory, do we not? And we go to the tombstone so we can remember fondly these things. When you are driven by the devil into the wilderness, you live on past memories because that's all you got. And you're not living in the present reality of Jesus Christ. You live on the memory. I used to go to church and I used to sing in the choir and I used to be in Sunday school and I used to teach the Word, but not now. I have memories of my past, but it's not real now. You're living in a tombstone place, guys. Because if everything you got is a memory from your past and you don't have a present reality of the present, you are not where God wants you to be. You're where the Satan has driven you. And it happened how? It happened because you made a simple choice one day and you fed your flesh. You fled what I wanted to do. You said, it doesn't really matter what the church says. It doesn't matter what the Holy Word of God says. He said, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And you make a little decision. And then you make another little decision. And you've compromised so much. All of a sudden, you don't realize it, but you've been following the base of Satan and you've walked that path and you've gobbled up all that stuff because he's lied to you, he's deceived you he's let you have good times, he's let you experience some joys and happiness in your life but he's taken you to your destruction why are you in the wilderness are you there because you've been led by the spirit of God or are you there because you've been driven by the devil and you didn't even know it and now you live on past memories of what used to be but it's not present right now in your life. And you can't live with what used to be because that's just a memory. What's that stuff we, we eat? We call them comfort foods. Why do we call it comfort foods? It brings a memory back, right? 
And, and we start thinking about grandma's house and when we was a little kid over there and, and what we would do that. It's a memory. Guys, you can't just live with that past memory. You've got to be live being led by the Spirit of God. And what happens is we find ourselves in a desert place. We find ourselves in a dry place. But if you're there because you've been led by the Spirit, it's a prepared place for a prepared people. And when you're there, God takes care of you even in the deserts. Listen to me. You remember David? I meant to bring one. I, I, I've got five or six big old rocks about the size of my fist in my study. I got them from the, the Kidron Brook, the brook there that David and Goliath had their battle in. We were there in Israel, and, and we got, man, they took me aside when we was coming out of the airport, and they wanted to know what I had all these rocks in my suitcase for. But I said, it's just rocks, man. So anyway, they sent me these rocks. I got these rocks, and, and they came out of that brook, and, and I know it's 2,000 years later, and I know there's been erosion and everything else, but man, they came out of that brook to me, and, and I brought them home. And home and but David, he said, he, he was going to face Goliath. What did he go? How many rocks was it? Five rocks. It wasn't two rocks. It wasn't three rocks. It wasn't one rock, because there's a possibility of my flesh missing he gave him five rocks because Goliath had maybe four brothers how do rocks get smooth so how long does it take a rock to get smoothed by water running over a week month hundred years I think get it before David was even born. Woo! God, he put five rocks down in this creek bed. Why? Because God knew that David one day was going to be going down to that valley and he was going to need smooth rocks that would fly straight. Rough rocks won't fly straight when you try to throw them, but a smooth rock will fly straight. And so God prepared the place even before David was even conceived, before David was even a thought in his daddy and mama's mind. God had already put rocks down there. He probably did it at the time of Adam and Eve when creation was taking place. He probably said, I'm going to put these rocks down in here because one day I've got one named David that's going to come up against the giant and he's going to need these. And guys, hear me. you got giants in your life and you're going to need rocks that are smooth, rocks that are ready, rocks that are prepared, rocks that are there. And you've got to know how to reach down and find those rocks. They're there. But you better be sure you've been led by God and not driven by the devil. God prepares a place and he makes provision in the place when you walk in the Spirit and you're led by the Spirit of God. There's an old guy out walking one day with his donkey trying to get some chores done and that donkey was old and he was just having a mess of a time and that guy was fussing saying, get that donkey, he's pulling on that rope and that donkey, he just falls over dead and that made that man even madder. And he just took that bridle off, kicked that donkey and walked away and went to his house and told his wife, he said, that old donkey died on me. I just left him out there in the sun. Let the vultures eat him. Let the sun bleach his body. I'm over that donkey. Years later, there's this guy named Samson. He was going against the Philistines. He looked up and said, God, I need a weapon. He said, I put a donkey's head right over here. Just reach out and get that thing and it'll take care of it. I prepared a weapon for you. I prepared a place for you to be in. Even amidst the pains and the struggle, I've got it covered. Are you getting that folks God has got you covered if you walk in the spirit God has got you covered and with provision if you trust him but you've got to be led by God not driven by the devil why are you in your wilderness were you led by God or did you follow your flesh because if you're following your flesh there's no divine provision 
Now, there can be divine deliverance. He can touch you. But it's not like this. This lady over here in Revelation 12, she went to a prepared place. What does it say in Psalm chapter 23? I, God will set me down in the presence of my enemies. Thou preparest a table before me. In the pre- See, God has prepared before us. God has prepared before we get there. If we can just understand that and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And God, when my emotions start going crazy and my feelings start going wacky, God, I want to trust your word. I want to read your word. I want to pray your word to you. I want to claim confidence in you, holy God, not myself, because you got it under control. You understand that? God's got it under control if you'll let him, if you'll walk with him, if you'll trust him. He said, I've got it already laid out. I did it years ago before you ever got there. I did it years ago. I've got it all handled. Man, that's a good word. God says, I've got this covered. I've got you in a prepared place. And I've got things there for you that you're going to need right on time. But you've got to be walking by the Spirit. You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to be yielded to the Spirit of God. The children of Israel, they walked out of that camp at night and there was a pillar of fire there. They walked out by day, there was a pillar of cloud there. And when that cloud moved, they moved. When that fire moved, they moved. And if the fire didn't move, if the cloud didn't move, they did not move. Why are you in your wilderness? Are you walking yielded to the Spirit of God? Or have you followed your flesh and you compromised with the world and you've got allowed yourself to be driven by the devil to this place? Now look at this. Here was a woman giving birth to a blessing. She had to fight to have the blessing. She had to struggle and fight to keep the blessing. That's how life is for the child of God. And then the devil shows up and he tries to destroy it, to devour it. And then persecution comes. Listen to me. Persecution comes. When you read this text, you see this struggle going on here. God is not asleep. And God's not asleep in your life. He knows exactly where you are, what you're going through. What God is saying here is is this is setting the stage for a much bigger picture of what's going to happen at the end. Do you get that much at least? See, it's not always going to be everything positive and everything good. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be hardships. And you better be walking in the Spirit of God. You better be yielding to the Father day in, day out. Because here it was. This woman was in the will of God. And God said, I've got it all covered. I've prepared a place for you. And then he carried her away by eagle's wings. And he said, the devil is going to persecute you. And that's not a sign that you're doing something wrong. That's more a sign you're doing something right. Because if you can live your Christian life and nobody ever take offense, you ain't doing a real good job. Because you can't live in this world and go along with this world and people not be offended by you being a Christian. See, 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 see there's, there, there's things that we, we cannot... I'm not going to argue about what your favorite meal is. We can still have felt, But guys, when you say, well, I, I think homosexuality is okay today, where do you get that? Because we've seen it on television. But see, it comes down to God's Word has already spoken on the topic. Do you understand? We can't go that route. Adultery. God's Word has already spoken on that route. You know that too, don't you? 
It's wrong. You, you can't go there. You can't live together, shack up. Alcohol. You can't go there. Look at all the damage that it brought to people's lives. See, 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 so, so, so when you start saying, well, I believe God's Word is... Per-. No! God's Word never changes. It's the same. Well, we've got this idea that we're the first generation that's ever experienced this stuff. No! But you stand on what the Word of God says. And you will be persecuted because there will be wounds that can be inflicted upon your life. There will be words that will be expressed to you like a flood. They will overwhelm you because people will say things that are not fun, are not easy, that are hurtful. Anybody ever had that happen? Yeah. Why'd they do it? Well, were you driven by the devil into the wilderness and you're running off your mouth more than you need to because you're just living in your flesh? Or were you walking by the Spirit of God? You're out where God has you and people are going to oppose because you live for Christ and His glory. See, see, persecution's real. It comes. I I told you, you all need to download the app if you've got a smartphone. Uh, the voice of martyrs persecutes every day. It gives you a new new country to pray for. It gives you a, a, a little lesson on, on what that country, what it means to live for Christ in that country. Because there's real persecution. You get out of America, God, we think like we're not normal. Because it's so easy here, but it's not always going to be easy. I know one thing about the book of Revelation. United States of America is not in the book. Closest thing in the book to USA is Babylon. That's not a good thing. See, 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 and, and, and it's not always going to be growing and going and blowing. There's going to be difficulties that come, and you've got to be grounded on the Word of God. You've got to be grounded in your faith. You've got to be led by the Spirit, because when you are led by the Spirit, God will take you to a prepared place, and it's going to be a dry place, and it's going to be a wilderness place, but He's got what you need there to sustain you, to guide you, to make provision for your life. But if you're driven by the devil into the wilderness, He will have havoc on your soul. You start cutting your body. You start living like a crazy you're living in the memories of past God says listen to me how do you overcome you overcome him by the blood of the lamb now how does that work it says blood it doesn't say life a lot of people want to take the blood out of the book you can't do that God put specific words in the Bible because there were specific needs to be met. When the children of Israel were there getting ready to take the Passover meal, they, they took that lamb and they roasted that lamb and they ate the lamb inside the house, right? Where was the blood? It was on the outside of the doorpost. And when the death angel passed by, he didn't say he saw the lamb on the inside. What did he see? He saw the blood that was applied on the outside. And what these people did was they got that, that, that hyssop bush and they started putting the blood upon the lintel of that house. And, and they, they went inside because all they knew was I've done what God has called me to do. I've applied the blood. And all you can do as a child of God, as a spirit of God, quickens your spirit. is you can say, God, wash me in the blood. God, cleanse me in the blood. God, let your blood be real in my life that I understand it. And then you go and you take the lamb on the inside and you partake of Christ. Jesus day in day and God sees the blood and he passes over he takes care of us 
But there's 302 times the blood is mentioned in the Bible. And you can sing the hymn, what will wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What will make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let me ask you, person who's in the wilderness because you've been driven there by the devil. When was the last time you said, God, I need the blood of Christ applied to my life. God, I need to bring my sin to you. Confess it, forsake it. And I need a fresh cleansing for you. Oh, God, work in my heart in such a way that only you are preeminent. You're my life. You're my song. You're my joy. You're the lover of my very soul. Oh, God, let the blood be real. Yes, that's what we need. We need the blood. You can't get away from it. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame them by the word of their testimony. You're persecuted by words, but you've got to give a word of your testimony of what Jesus has done for you. Speak up. Talk. Well, I'm not real good at talking. I'm not either. Though I've been doing it for 40 years. You get a little bit more accustomed to it. I didn't say better. You get more accustomed to it. The more you, It's like learning to play baseball. Right, guys? You get out there. And now when we as a kid, we didn't have T-ball. We didn't know what it was. We just struck out 47 times before we ever connected with a ball. Now they put that little ball on a stick to teach you how to hit that ball. And after you've swung it a hundred times, you ain't got no problem. And then you elevate it to the next level. And they start pitching you that little ball. And you start swinging and missing, swinging and missing. Then you hit it. Why? Because you keep on going. You don't quit. You don't stop. You just keep on. And God will say, I'll work in you. I'll take my faith and I'll just release it inside you. I'll develop you. And I've covered you with the blood. I've given you a word of testimony. And you don't love your life more than you love Him. Do you? Do you give Him your time and your attention? Guys, look what it says in Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. Verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your we get to dance on his head at some point. You get to stomp that old... See, see, that's where it goes. Guys, see, see, when you live into God's glory, God says, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. You do overcome. You do win. And God will say, I'm going to take you and I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to lift you just like I did this woman on eagle's wings. And I'm going to let you run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Why? Because you're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. But you can't handle him in your flesh. You can't handle him in your own power. It's only by Christ in you living through you that you can handle the devil. And God says, I'll lift you up. And God will bruise his head as we dance over here. Father God, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. I pray, Father God, that you will speak, God, to our hearts. 
teach us, God, how to, how to, how to understand that, that we're in a wilderness many times because we've been driven by the devil, because we've made choices based on our flesh, God. And show us, God, how to come out from that with genuine biblical repentance and faith, God, turning to you, asking God a fresh wash, a fresh cleansing. And God, if there's one here that doesn't know you as their Savior today, God, they've never been born again. I pray, Father God, that you would just move with convicting power to draw them, to speak, God, that word, to them, that they would come, Lord, even this morning to this altar and they can be shown with an open Bible what it means to be born again, how to be saved. Father, it's not for my glory. It's not for anybody in this church's glory. It's all for your glory, your honor, Father. I pray, God, you move with power. I pray, God, you demonstrate yourself. Work in our hearts, God. God, you've prepared stuff for us. We don't even know it. God, you've got rocks out there that are smooth waiting on us to use, and we don't even know it. God, there's a donkey's jawbone out there waiting on us to use, and we don't even know it. Help us, God, by faith to trust you, to look to you. And, God, you just work mightily right now. If you don't know that you know that you know, if you die tonight, you'd go to heaven. Won't you come? Let us show you with the Bible what it means to be saved. Maybe you are saved, but you've just got a lot of stuff that you've let build up. Won't you come and do business with the Father? Get a fresh cleansing of God's grace and mercy. Maybe you need to join this church because this is where God says you need to plant yourself. Will you obey Him? And do what God is saying for you to do. As we stand to sing the invitation to him, the altar is open.